Welcome to episode 167 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. It's, you know, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's been three years of doing this podcast and it's been slowly growing and I wanted to to thank you for listening. I really appreciate the fact that, that, that you've come. Whether this is the first episode that you've heard or whether it is one that you've, like one of many that you've heard. Uh, if, if if this is your first time or if you've been listening online, that, that um, you can subscribe to receive this podcast directly to your mobile device every Tuesday when it's released. And you can do that by going to Apple Podcasts on your phone or Google Music or Google Podcasts if you happen to have one of those, uh, a phone with, with that on it. And search for Stageworthy and just click on the handy subscribe button and then you will get this podcast delivered to you every week. If you feel like dropping me a line after you do that, you know what? I would love to hear that you just subscribed. That would make my day if you if you just subscribe to the podcast after listening for a couple of, of episodes or or if this is your first time. If you've subscribed, drop me a line on social. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. And you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you wanted to drop me a line directly, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PhilRickaby. And my website is PhilRickaby.com. My guest this week is Kate Ross, who appears in Mary's Wedding, starting January 31st at the Streetcar Crow's Nest in Toronto. So what is what is Mary's wedding about? Um, so it's a love story set mm. in World War One. Um, basically, it starts with it. Uh, the play is actually narrated by Mary, and it's the night before her wedding. Okay, and she's talking about these dreams um, that she has, and uh, and the dreams are of her love, like mm. the story of her soulmate essentially hmm. and they're tied into world war one okay yeah um is is it like from their their the beginning of their relationship through the him going off to it war? Is. Or, yeah. yeah yeah and they it, it seems i mean i don't think it's actually said in the play but it seems that they don't know they haven't known each other for very long when he goes to war but that their connection well, is very intense that's i mean that would not be uncommon for World War One, yeah, especially considering there were a lot of men who were quite young, boys even. Yeah. I, I heard a story once where this guy was sixteen, and uh, he he went to the recruiting recruiting station, yeah, and he and he walks up and said, "How old are you?" He said, 16. He said, "Take a walk around the park and be older when you come back." Yeah, I think I've heard something. And literally, he walks around the park and comes, comes back. back. How old are you? Eighteen. Excellent. Come on down. Yeah. So insane. So insane. And it's, it's so sad and sweet. And I mean, I get, I also get the sense that she's Mm. a little bit younger than him, but it's just like that, like first spark Mm. romance, that connection. And then the, that cloud of world war one that's so kind of satisfying in those world war stories. You know, there's something so satisfying about that creeping in because, you know, people are so fascinated by the war, but it's so tragic. I mean, everything about that war, it's one of the, like, everything about that war is so tragic to me is is the youth, 
that were lost. The yeah. The the idea that that like how we fight, you're just going to run towards those machine guns. I know, and they were, and as you say, they were so young. Whereas yeah. I feel like World War Two, of course, the soldier part is tragic, but mm-hmm. it's a civilians' war. It's yeah. the tragedy is the civilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. in World War One, the tragedy is the soldiers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. And in is this your first encounter with Mary's Wedding? Because I know that it's been done a few times before. Yeah, it's very popular regionally. It's Mm -hmm. been done forever. Um, Well, in the the 15 or so years since it was written. Um, But my husband and I, uh, Fraser Elston, and we're were the cast of this production. But we produced it ourselves about six years ago. Mm. Um, and much of the play takes place in a barn. Mm-hmm. They first meet in a barn when they're hiding from a rainstorm. And um, we did it in a barn in Essex County uh, near Windsor. Mm-hmm. So we we um, we had a team and we went, Fraser's sister's a minister. She was, her congregation was there. And she asked if anybody had a barn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a couple were like, we got a barn. So we turned it into a little theater. Wow. Yeah, wow. and we we produced it there. So, what was it that, that drew you to the play originally? Um, I think it was I'm I'm a sucker for a love story. Like, <laughs> I really am. Like I saw Titanic when I was ten, mm. and I watch it like once a year. Yeah, you know, it was like my I'm I'm a real sucker for a love story. I'm a real sucker for um, period stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and my my grandmother uh, was a nurse in a casualty clearing station in World War Two, okay. and I grew up hearing all about mm. the war from her perspective. So I've always had that kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, like patriotism yeah, yeah, when yeah. it comes to the world wars. Mm. Yeah. Um, now you having, now you're approaching it for the second time. Yes. Um, what did, what did you learn the first time from the play that you're sort of like taking into this, this second shot at it? Oh, um, I think I think more than anything, it's just having that first run at it, um, and acting with Frey in a public place mm. and or in a professional setting, um, and we were producing it ourselves, and mm. there were just so many things going on that I feel, yeah. if anything, paying attention to the storytelling and the text and mm. the characters, and just having that more precious time to work on that rather than all the fray of what we we had before sure yeah Yeah. so i feel like it's just it's kind of more simple this time for us because we're not producing it sure yeah Yeah. well there's a lot that goes into self-producing so it's hard to it is super hard to be a performer and producer at the same time it is because you feel like you can't concentrate on one yeah. In particular. So one of them often suffers. Yeah. And I, th- and I think the acting was good last time, but I, I think that it was just a little more panicked. Mm, mm. <laughs> and this time, even now I'm going back over the script and remembering my choices from last time being like, huh, I wonder where I was at when I made that choice. Cause huh. I, I yeah. am approaching it so differently this time, just from being older and yeah. a little bit more confident. And well, it's so interesting how you, how your, People would think you if you played that role before that you're just going to do the same thing. Yeah. But 
you approach it in such a different way because you're not the same person you were the first time. Yeah, it's very true. There's this story that always my friends tease me about how much this breaks my heart, but um, Kate Winslet talks about how when she watches Titanic now, like at the anniversary of that movie, she finds all of her choices so horrifying. (laughs) And now, and I, of course, when I heard that interview, I was like, what do you mean? There was only one way to be. But it sounds silly, but reading over now, I'm like, oh, I I get that. Just honestly, it's time passing to do that. When you're reading it now, are you are you remembering those choices? Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah? I can okay, hear yeah. myself. Mm. Like I can hear exactly how I said those lines yeah. for sure. Do you find it difficult because you had that in your body, that delivery, that now your instinct is still to follow that, or are are you are you able to separate enough from that? You know, I think if you would ask me that a few weeks ago, I would have assumed that would be very difficult to separate mm. myself. But I'm finding it. Um, a pleasant surprise how easy it is to uh, come at it from a refreshed nice, perspective. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. So I do see places where I can play with it and see little nuggets I didn't see before. Hmm. Yeah. So as a sucker for a love story. Yes. Um, and, you know, we've, we've mentioned Titanic a few times. <laughs> and Titanic is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a sort of a tragic love story. It, it is. Even though, you know, we could say there was actually more than enough room on that, on that, on that stupid, stupid door, door. <laughs> yeah. but you know we don't have to go in. that's a long-standing yeah that's a whole other episode <clears throat> yeah but Sorry. is this one are you drawn to the to this story is it also a tragic love story or is it um is the tragedy of their separation is there what is it even more so than just being a sucker for a love story what is it about this story and their relationship that's that's special mm. for you um, I think it's, oh, that's a good question. It's, I don't want to give too much away mm-hmm. in terms of it being tragic. I think the thing about war and youth and love, all these big themes, mm-hmm. is that these kids are being forced to grow up Mm -hmm. very quickly and deal with things that we now associate with being so much older. But at the time, you know, you had these 16, 17, 18 year olds dealing with these huge themes. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that I find so interesting and, and sad that that push to grow up before your time. And, um, and that's both the beautiful thing about falling in love mm-hmm. where you're kind of you make this connection to somebody and you are you suddenly become an adult in a lot of yeah, ways, yeah. you know, or you're having to deal with these things, depending on what age you are, mm-hmm. um, these adult themes. But then there's this other layer of war and yeah. death. And and so all of those I just find incredibly interesting and evocative and and reminding me of growing up in a much simpler time obviously because there was no war but just that first love and becoming an adult so quickly well there's also i mean with with this if if you if if the idea is that these two meet and they don't know each other very long before they get married and he goes off to war right he goes off to war and neither of them knows if he's coming back well exactly yeah so and she's suddenly a, a war bride or a war, not quite a war widow, but in that position where yeah. she could be. And you're yeah. kind of, you know, you can't go on about your day. You can't fall in love with anybody else or you mm. wouldn't. You're you're living over in Europe. Yeah. She would be living over in Europe as well mentally. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just a life 
for him is so intense and he needs to focus on survival and life for her is so intense because she's not really able to live it while he's gone. Yeah. You have her whole world would be over there. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most difficult thing about putting your mind into the early 1900s? Um, I think the, well, luckily her character's pretty, she's pretty feisty for the time. Okay, good. In my experience, I played, I often get period roles. Mm. I've heard I have a face from long ago, so I tend (laughs) to get typecast into those roles. And I find Mm. not being able to be outspoken as a woman or, or give your opinion readily. However, in this case, I mean, she's pretty feisty, which I like. Mm. Um, but generally just putting your mind in that place and being like, no, just tell him to stay, tell him more stupid and he can't, (laughs) you know, that I think that struggle is hard to find. And, Mm. um, you really have to focus on what the values were then. And uh, really she'd never tell him not to go in a serious way. She'd never give him an ultimatum. She never, because that just wasn't the time. No. You know? And in fact... There is not a single person who went to the war in that, especially early on, who thought that they'd be gone for very long. They thought they'd be back yeah, by Christmas. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And they, they didn't think it would be that bad. No. They just never thought, they couldn't imagine the things they you, would find. You couldn't there. because you, war was, in the time, from the time the war started to the time it ended, war technology yeah. changed so fast. Machine you went, guns, mustard gas, that all came yeah. about during World War One. You went from, people anticipating that they would be lining up with their rifles and marching towards each other to digging trenches and running into machine gun fire and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I find, like, there's a part in the play because how it's set up is she um, imagines what his life is like Mm -hmm. over there and she steps into it and sort of is observing what it's like for him as well as becoming his closest confidant, Mm. who's his sergeant, Mm. uh, who was a real man, um, Sergeant... Gordon flowered you and um and there is a scene where they're talking about the mustard gas and seeing for the first time this strange yellow cloud before Mm. any news of this even existing you know so to imagine what that must be like to have to see that in the distance and then have the physical reaction they had and and not having any idea what was happening and for us we can look back and be like oh mustard gas no of course idea no yeah. It would have just been like a fog or something. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that's weird. And then yeah. who made that? Is that a weapon? Is that a weird weather thing? Like, you yeah. know, they wouldn't know. No, it's so, just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, to jump back a little bit, um, one of the things I always like to talk about is is um, your theater origin story. Okay. And so I'm curious about what it was that drew you to theater in the first place. I've always been a bit of a ham, more so when I was a child, mm-hmm. I think. Um I, I, my parents are both in the film industry. Okay. Um, my mom's a film producer. My dad's a writer and a director. And we were always um, a family of artists and we'd watch movies. My parents would take me to shows. Mm. I got in a ballet from a young age and did the Nutcracker every year. Okay. And then in grade six, we did Midsummer Night's Dream, the abridged version. Mm. And I got to play Titania. Okay. Um, and it just sort of snowballed from there, but I was Mm. always, I always loved dressing up. I had a really vivid imagination. Mm -hmm. I liked being the center of attention, like all these kind of of classic things. Yeah. Um, when you, so, I mean, Midsummer Night's Dream, that was the the first of the (laughs) the the classics and the, the, the things like that. Um, but from there, 
I'm sure there were other people in that in that show in that in that little abridged version yeah. who didn't go on to become that's true. Actors. <laughs> yeah. So what was it? I mean, aside from you know liking the center being the center yeah, of attention, no, of at course. a certain point you make the decision that this is what you want to do. Do you remember what that turning point for you was? You know, I think it was actually before that. Before mm. it wasn't theater related, mm-hmm. um, but I was I did some film when I was a okay. kid. And I thought the idea of a job being um, dressing up in a in again in a period costume, yeah. um, all these adults around me on a set that's built to look as close to the time as possible, and everybody there is being paid to play. Yeah, and I think that's often lost in. Um, I think that's something theater has all that uh, tries to keep all the mm-hmm. time, and often with. TV and film that gets lost because there's so much money at stake. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all there to convince people of a story, which is such a unique thing. And so I think um, being able to be on set and really put myself in that world Mm. was from a young age when I was probably nine or 10 was Mm. that the beginning of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And realizing this could be a job. I could do this every day and. It's interesting because you had more exposure than most people I speak to um, early on. Yeah. It is a, potentially a job. Yeah. Um, and your parents were, were working in that industry. So yeah. it's like it's, it's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, was there ever any doubt that it was this is what you would do? No. No? Okay. No, I really, there was never, I never wanted to be anything else. Mm. Um, I'd say, I guess like in, I would want to be more of a writer or more of a, theater actress or Mm -hmm. more of a film and TV actress, that would waver a little bit, Mm -hmm. but never the realm of where I wanted to be. Yeah. Did you, did you ever find that you'd made a decision as to which one you were going to do? No, I've been able to sort of waffle. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a helpful thing or not, but I've often had people around me who, um, uh, create opportunities, my agents, that sort of thing, who, have said, you know, right now you're doing well in this realm, so let's, like, push you a bit in this mm-hmm. direction. And mm-hmm. so I've kind of gone where the work has been for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is an advantage that we have in Canada that people do go between those two worlds, film and television, a little yeah. more than, than sometimes happens in the States. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Did you go to theater school? Did you? I did. Yeah. I went to George Brown. Yeah. <laughs> nice. When when were you yeah. at George Brown? Which which Ooh. campus were you? I was uh, Young Center. Okay. okay. Yeah. I guess it's been uh, <clears throat> ten years since okay. we were in second year. I want to say it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Did you when you started? Were you at Casaloma or were you? No, at yeah. Young Center. I okay. was like year two or three of Young Center. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was I was the old River Street. Ooh. Warehouse. Oh man! Yeah, we used to hear great more. party stories about you I'm guys sure. after shows. I'm and sure that everybody. Yeah, all kinds of things. stories. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, there were students that I knew that had a key. Yeah. Exactly. To yes. The school. Yes. And so I've heard of this. There were things. Oh, such good times. <laughs> I mean, even now I think back. I, I guess that's always the thing, right? It's like, mm. oh, when I was in George Brown, we would. You know, work on our vocal masks until two in the morning, mm. drinking beer in the studios, and who knows. I don't even remember. Happens. I don't remember. Like the thing I remember about vocal mask was um, spending Saturday and Sunday at the Metro Reference Library. Oh my God! I know. Looking for any book that had the word. I know. <laughs> it'd be like, thing. and you know what? We didn't even have. There was no. Was there even a computer? No, because I basically 
Um, I would sit down and, and Peter Wilde, who was the head of acting, yeah. he would just name off all these books. You must look at these books. These will help you. <laughs> these books. Somehow he'd like pull, like you tell him his topic and he'd give you this list of books. You'd be yeah. like, where do I find these? Yeah, yeah. And he'd just be sitting there like, how do I read all this? And you start like skimming through and that's like the whole weekend. That's the whole weekend. And also it's kind of, there was an unfairness to it because we had a bunch of people in our class who had gone to university mm -hmm. and gotten full degrees before they came. Mm. Like they were like research wizards. Oh, sure. So they go to the reference mm -hmm. library, you'd go in a group and they'd be like, see you guys. And they'd like, you know, yeah. go and get settled and be flipping through. And you'd just be standing, literally walking up to rows of books <laughs> and kind of loosely read, like yeah. reading. <laughs> I'm like, does that say heat? Like heat, you know, okay. Yeah looking around well there's also the the difficulty that that i don't know about when when you were doing your first vocal mask when i nobody said what it was really <laughs> yeah. so there's a whole lot of debate about what what is it although peter had said the first time he mentioned it what it was but we all missed it right right you know jimmy so. simon used to say it was a pastiche that was his word mm. not that helpful because we had never no. heard that word before no. but but i mean he had a little descriptor yeah. and Peter used to say it's it's a five minute entertainment, huh. and but he said that the first time and then he never mentioned it again. So there's so huh. much like hand wringing about like what is the vocal what mask? Is, what is what entertainment? Is it? <laughs> I don't even know. You know, yeah. all this. What was your first uh, vocal mask topic? Oh my god, I don't think I can remember. I don't think this is so terrible mm. because the first one I was so terrified. I thought I was going to faint. The third one was crap like utter <laughs> garbage and in third year people started to drop away like we would all be working on them and then like a week before people started canceling saying they were no longer doing vocal mask because we started to get the option in third year oh shit really okay. and i huh. held on um out of guilt but i couldn't tell you what that was however mm. fraser who is in mary's wedding with me and now my husband we, as friends, did vocal mask in second year, and our oh, topic was heat. Okay, okay, nice. <laughs> so, which yeah. a lot of people roll their eyes at now, because <laughs> um, there wasn't much uh, wonder as to whether or not we would get together. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I really don't remember. Mm -hmm. I'd have to go back and look at my files my neatly kept did you files. did you keep them oh yeah oh my god i have I, them somewhere i got rid of mine as quickly as possible i know i wish i had i come upon that stuff sometimes old mm. monologues or scenes you just got torn apart for mm -hmm. and you're like never want to read that again yeah 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 i mean oh, i just remember so many times like torturing myself in theater school mm -hmm. i mean it's the thing that we do right because mm -hmm. we're trying to impress everybody and so you're working so hard i know and and making yourself kind of miserable in a lot of ways oh man i wish i often wish that i could go back i mean it's like any school i feel the same with high school but that i could go back now having known what it was mm -hmm. i think i would have gotten so much more out of theater school i agree you i know? agree i know there have been so many times when i've thought to myself if i could go back knowing what i know now yeah and i don't know if you can. Because, I mean, there were times when, when the head, Peter would say, you know, you're not going to understand what I'm trying to teach you now. One day, though, yeah. you're gonna, it's going to drop and you're going to be like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's happened so many times. And in those time, moments, I was like, that's what he's trying to. But why couldn't he just say, say the it? words? Just yeah. say it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that we're all so afraid of screwing up as yeah. you say and you just want to impress people mm -hmm. my my big issue is that i think i didn't take very, as many risks as i would now or yeah. uh, you know i just wouldn't have been as 
I would be more goofy now. Yeah. I would try more things. I'd fall on my face a bit more because that's the weird thing about theater school is you're trying to not get kicked out. Well, that's the thing. You know, is when you are faced with the possibility of not continuing mm -hmm. that like you could be there for one semester and then at Christmas they could say sorry yeah you know and yeah. then you pack up and you leave yeah um you don't take risks of course not that's know? that's the strange thing and I understand the kicking out process and bringing in a lot of people because of the college aspect mm -hmm. like I get all that but I just think it's a strange beast where you're asking people to be free and really find themselves for yeah. the first time especially the really young people mm -hmm. But but it also has to be something we like or yeah. we're going to kick you out. Well, that's the thing. It's so weird. It's like I've sort of like go between. I'm not sure if I, if I think that you do need to kick people out. I think I suspect people will self-regulate. Self-regulate. Yeah. And that the program, some people will realize that the program's not for them and they'll, yeah. they'll leave. Which happens anyway, yeah. yeah. And also I, I've often wondered like when you're asking people to leave, or is it because you are not seeing a future for them? If so, how dare you? Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. I so, feel that way about people not being showcased. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And I was lucky to get a couple good parts at school, but I I think it is absurd that we're all paying the same amount for tuition. We're all working our asses off. Yeah. And you're going to showcase some people and not others. Yeah. Because you're of the opinion once they get in the real world, they might not work. Yeah. Because, frankly, often the faculty is not correct. No. I know a bunch of people, like... <sighs> There's really very few people that I was in theater school with who were still doing theater. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So how old were you? Like, were you really young when you went into George Brown? Yeah. Were you I one was, of the super young ones? Well, I was like 20. Okay. Yeah. So I was of on the younger end, mm. but um, but I wasn't 17. No, so. I was I was 18. And oh, I, my yeah, God. Which now feels so insane to have gone in there straight out of high straight school. out of high school and yeah. not had any time between where'd you go you were at george brown, yeah, I was george brown. and um are you from here um around i grew up in belleville ajax oh, oh okay. Sort of thing. So okay I'm like around the toronto area right yeah so you had support in the area yeah, like your bit, family yeah. and people yeah there were people yeah because yeah. there are some people i mean um one of my closest friends from theater school she was 17 from calgary oh living here alone mm. I, one of the guys who was in my class, he wasn't there on the first day. He showed up on the second day because apparently somebody didn't show up. They called him oh and said, God. you have a spot if you can be here tomorrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so he shows up the next day and he spends a week staying at the Salvation Army because he didn't have a place to live. And like, <clears throat> but like, that's how keen he was to, to yeah. get into the school. And yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Is he still in theater? No. Hmm. No. He he's one of the ones he he blames George Brown for that. You know, he's like he? one of the. I mean, some, the program is not for everyone. No, right? No, and you know there are some people take to it and some people don't, and some people like I hung on by with my nails. Yeah, every time I was always on probation yeah. after the first semester. Yeah. From then on, I was on probation until I graduated. 100%. And that yeah. is a stressful place to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> By third year, you're sort of like, to I be, am. To be, and I found that because because I knew I was on, I had just scraped by, like somehow I had managed to convince them to let me stay in. Yeah. That I spent all that time even even in more fear Yeah. in class. Yeah. Like uh, really hamstrung and having a difficult time to, to move forward. Of course. You know? Yeah. 
Well, because you'd also be looking for the thing yeah. that is keeping you there. Because they don't say specifically why. Well, maybe they did for you. For me, they were it's just sort of a general wash of like, we just don't know. <laughs> and I was like, right. Okay, so yeah. you start looking for the thing that will yeah. keep you. What is the thing that isn't perfect that yeah. is keeping me on probation sort of thing? Yeah. You never know what that is. No, you don't. You don't. It'd be so much easier if they would just come out and tell you. You know, the one what's, what's the thing? Like, yeah. first off, why did you think maybe not? Yeah. And also, <laughs> what why, am I, am I why am I still here? <laughs> yeah. What did I do yeah. that convinced you to let me stay? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Weird thing. Yeah. Was it? I mean, having not been at the Young Center, mm. um, I'm always curious about what it's like in that building. Are you, is it completely segregated from the Soul Pepper aspect? Or is it, um, hmm. do you... Have any crossover with the Soul Pepper people at all? I, I can't speak to it now. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is now. When we were there my first year, I don't know either the Academy the Soul Pepper Academy didn't exist yet or it was mm-hmm. or it wasn't quite as um part like in the young center mm. as it was as it is now. Yeah. Um but at the time we would see all the shows at Soul Pepper. Yeah. We would we share the atrium, so we'd mm. all go for lunch and you, you know dare each other to go talk to Oliver Dennis, and like yeah. be like or go and compliment them on their latest performances because mm. they really were our celebrities sure, at the yeah. time, I think, and, yeah. and you're seeing everything. And but more than that, not so much. And we do use their theaters mm. Um, mm. in third year and and for the kids show in second year, mm. we did so. Uh, in that way, there was a bit, and we also had a few Soul Pepper members come and talk to us at um, uh, business of acting class. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in that way, there was a bit of crossover. It's pretty inspiring, though, being mm. in that building with them. I would say because I had gone to a lot of theater, but I didn't know that world, yeah. that Canadian theater, right in their mm. world until school, and you get so engrossed in it when you're in theater yeah. school. So it's a nice place for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that um, you were, uh, your husband, your now husband, was a classmate yeah, of yours. he was. Um, <laughs> and you said that, you know, was it was it when you did your vocal mess together that people started to say, <laughs> oh, hmm, or was there something before that? <laughs> oh, what is the timeline? <laughs> uh, we, well, it's foggy. Mm-hmm. We were, like, best friends for, um, we became very, very close by the end of first year. Mm-hmm. And we were both in other relationships. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, close to the end of second year that we actually got together. Okay. So, not long after Vocal Mass. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I don't know uh, what people thought. I think... Our close friends were like, you guys spend an awful lot of time together. <laughs> Not appropriate. But we tried to keep it a secret for about a month. Oh, really? Within the class. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but we weren't really fooling. Was there a reason people. why you tried to keep it a secret in the class? Or I you- don't know. I'm sure at the time we were like, you know, we don't want to taint this uh, perfect artistic group. And we're so close. And yeah. I'm sure it was something stupid like that. But mm-hmm. I think really we wanted the drama. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, when you're at a certain age, you're like, you need the drama, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you yeah. know, we're like, we're all going to um, Balzac's to grab a coffee. Anyone want to come? No? Okay, bye. Oh, you know, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. It's <laughs> all very um, exciting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, now, you, you've, you've worked with your, your husband bef- a few times, not just in theater school, but since then. Yeah. Um, is it difficult navigating your, your personal relationship and your work relationship? In no, no, okay. no, it's not. We're, we're we get along extremely well, okay. 
Um, we really like being around each other, uh, like marriage aside, we just, mm. we're great friends. And, um, and I think he is a v- in- incredibly intelligent person and he really works from his brain first. And then he also has this great emotional background to mm-hmm. back it up. But I tend to go emotion first sure. and we found that that works really well. Okay. Um, cause I can sort of say, well, okay, she's feeling or in any script we do, you know, she's feeling like this and he'll say, okay, but look at the words mm. and we kind of remind each other of both those sides, which I think works really well. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. So, and it's different, of course, in a play like this, we're acting together. So we're on the same playing field. Yeah. Um, he's, we've done a few short films together where he's directing and that's a very different dynamic mm. because I'll be acting and he's directing. And for the most part, it goes well. Once in a while, he, you know, we need to, as any director or artist pair, you need to go back and recalibrate your vocabulary yes, if it's yeah. not working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but no, for the most part, it's pretty smooth, pretty yeah. smooth. But as, as when you're acting together, it's it's super like you you does the vocabulary break down when you're acting together? Is that or is it only has it only really happened when you he's been the director? Only when like, he's been the director, really. Right. I think when we're acting together. Um, because we're not having to ask, why'd you make that choice? Mm. You know, that's just not how we would yeah. work. You have the director there to facilitate that. Yes, so, yeah. um, and we're not too, um, uh, punchy with each other in that's that good, way. We good, kind of good, lead each good. other yeah. to our own devices. That's yeah. Good. That's good. Yeah. What's the best part about working with your partner? I think it, two things. One, the practicality of it is excellent. We get to spend all this time together. We're living together, mm-hmm. working together. Um, it simplifies our lives in this really great way. And at the same time, we're just doing acting work. And as mm-hmm. actors, we have Joe jobs and other things that we do. So yeah. this being our whole world is a really special, easy thing for our household. Right. Um, and then on top of that, it's incredibly easy to access those emotions when mm. you're looking at the person you're in love with true yeah. and putting yourself in that situation i mean every time we go back to mary's wedding we can't really get through it that first read because it's very close to home oh yeah but i yeah. think that there's some really beautiful work that comes out of that so mm. yeah 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 nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. um going back to mary's wedding yeah. for a second um now that you are not producing it yes um and now you get to concentrate on 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 just the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there anything that you miss about the producing aspect of it? Um, I guess. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't actually think so. Mm. I think with this one in particular, especially because Mary, they both, you know, it really is a two hander, mm-hmm. but Mary talks a lot okay. and is narrating. And I think honestly for this role, mm-hmm. it is best that I have the one job. Um, and I like that other people who are producing and directing and and all that can get excited about it on their own without me and then come and tell me what they've tell us what they've come mm-hmm. up with. Um, I really love that. And, and people who are frankly just better at it than me, Yeah, you know, like they're better at all those things than I, I'm, I'm better at acting than them, but they're better at, except for Kent, our director, who's also an actor, but like the producers, like I'm probably a better actor, but they're definitely better producers. Is, is there any aspect of the producing that you do miss or is it, are you just like happy to be like, nope, done? I, 
I like the puzzles of finding groups of people to come to the show kind of okay what who do we want to access who would love to Mm -hmm, see this mm -hmm. show i don't have the time to be trying to like i i certainly will use social media and get the word Mm -hmm. out there um but our producers are accessing veterans groups Mm -hmm, and schools mm -hmm. and all that and i find the puzzle of that really interesting who do we want to to see the show, how do we get them there? Mm-hmm. Where will they hear about it? Uh, what aspect of the show is what will attract them to this? You mm-hmm. know, all those little puzzles I yeah. find really interesting. Mm. Um, but I just think simultaneously, and I have so much respect for the people who do both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ruth Goodwin, who works with the Helen, who's part of the Holland Company, mm-hmm. and her and I got together to talk about Mary's wedding, going into it, and she's a force. Like we have these great people in the city who can do both. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm one of them. <laughs> I just like to access them as much as possible. And, yeah, and, and it is one of the things that I've I've been learning is that, and it was it was Jackie Thomas who reminded me that she says the secret that nobody tells you is that people want to help you. Oh, All you I have like to do is that. ask. Yeah, and I've never had I've never asked somebody and had them say no. That's the thing. That's a very good point. Yeah, I like that. And so, like, there are people that, like that that I'm I'm happy to be like, listen, I just. Can I pick your brain on this? Yeah. Um, and a couple of people that I was like, when I was doing uh, a press release for my Fringe show, and I was okay. like, I don't even know how to do a press release. I think this will do. And I asked them, will you look this over? And yeah. they always said yes. And they're happy to. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. actually had that with a grant for this, um, where a friend of ours who does grants, just I was talking about the process mm-hmm. of the group doing the grants, and he was like, oh, I'll look over it. I do that for a living basically now. Mm. I was like, but you could get paid for it, and we're not going to pay you. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, let me just look over it. And wrote back this amazing feedback. Like, he was yeah. totally happy, and it probably took him an hour, you know? Yeah. 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 It's great that, that they're, I think, because passionate people like to talk about and like to like to like to get into what they're passionate about. And so like if they're passionate about marketing or grant writing, yeah. they they like to share that because yeah. we're all better when we all share. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. um at any point when you have been like what was the first thing that you self-produced? Was it was it Mary's wedding or was it Yeah, yeah. yeah. I helped out um Fraser wrote a play called Vacant a few years ago mm-hmm. and I like semi produced that with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he produced it mainly, and uh, so I helped out with that. But mm. that's yeah. But the Mary's wedding in um, Essex was the first, mm. or Woodsley, I should say. It was the um, the first one. Yeah. And was was it difficult to decide to sell, to produce? Like, did you have any doubt about that? No, I think okay. we wanted to put it on, mm. and we didn't know how else to mm. do it. And we thought it was a really, it's a, such a beautiful play. Like mm. the poetry of this play is amazing. And we had a few friends who were also interested and we're like, well, let's just do it. Mm. I mean, it's, um, it didn't seem as big a deal beforehand and it was, it was a big deal doing it, but we we're so happy we did mm. it and it all came together so well. And as you say, everybody wanted to help like yeah. our families, our friends, everybody yeah. helped so mm. much. Yeah. I always find that, like, to me, I think the first time I wanted to self-produce, I wasn't afraid because I didn't know. Yeah, you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I think the second time I was going to self-produce, I was like, what the? 
Well, and now yeah, I have now been I, self-produced. <laughs> now I know what I'm so doing. I think you know? I'm probably in yeah. the same boat. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll do yeah. this, but we're going to need some help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is when you do it the first yeah. time, you don't know how much how help much you, you need. need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I look at there are people who do self-producing really well, like like Cat and Cat Sandler oh, and yeah. Tom McGee and, yeah. and Danny Padgett. Those three are just like this this triumvirate of awesome. Absolutely. And, and they do they're very good at what they do. Yeah. Um and like some of the most energetic people mm. I know. Yeah. You know, like um just that the like in the more positive sense of the word relentless mm -hmm. you know and and prolific yeah. yeah yeah very impressive it's do you like self-producing now um i do actually. you do do you prefer <clears throat> do. it would you prefer it do you think well here's the thing i have found over the years as, as i've as i've gotten older um i've, <laughs> I've recently i've found that i'm more interested in performing stuff that i create yeah whether I am writing it or whether I've been involved in the creation of it, that's what I'm more interested in, in performing and presenting. And that often means producing. Yeah. And so I think I'm more comfortable with it mm -hmm. than I was several years ago. But um, it every time I, I start, there's a moment of like, how am I going to do this? Again. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's one of those things that that... If you're going to do it, you just have to just do it. You just you have know? to do yeah. it. And you really have to commit everything mm -hmm. to it. I mean, we're not producing this time, but one thing I'm so excited for with Mary's Wedding is that we have had all this time, all this anticipation. Mm -hmm. And right now, like right around this week, last week, it's becoming this reality looming in the distance. Yeah. but. It's so, like, I'm so energized because yeah. you just have to do it, yeah. you know? And that kind of work, that'll force you to sit down and really work. Mm -hmm. And it's such a satisfying thing yeah, um, to have that set and ahead of you. And it's, uh, you know, self-producing and getting that just do it. Yeah. You just got to do it, yeah. you know? There's something um, quite focusing about that, which I love. How, how did this iteration, this version of Mary's Wedding come about? Um, did you approach crows? Did did they approach you? What? How did that? How did this happen? Well, it's interesting. It's sort of this funny mishmash. So, we, my mother's a film producer, mm -hmm. and she loves theater. And recently, one of her films, Prom Queen, has been turned into a musical um, with her producing. I've, and I've heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. fabulous. And so she's kind of dipping her toe in the theater waters, mm -hmm. and. She had seen Mary's wedding in Woodsley, mm -hmm. and we'd always wanted to do it again because we were far away. We didn't get a lot of friends out there. It was magic because in Woodsley, we got mostly farmers. Right. And we had a lot of people who had never seen theater, which was very exciting mm -hmm. that they came. But we really wanted to show people this show. And so she became determined to produce it. And then she got to know Derek Chua through Prom Queen, okay. got Derek Chua on board. And then um, a man who we know as friends, my mom's worked with him, I've worked with him, Frey's worked with him, Kent Staines, happened to direct a production of Mary's Wedding at the Globe in Regina. Mm -hmm. And Stephen Massacotti saw it, and it was one of his favorite productions. Mm. And so we asked Kent to direct it. And it all just sort of came together. And then mm. we were looking for a space and we approached 
crows and they yeah. were full and then somebody dropped out and oh. they were like, come on in. So that's, that's a, a that's a wonderfully serendipitous. Oh thing yeah, happen, everybody's yeah. sort of coming together, and it's Mary's wedding's never been done professionally in Toronto. Oh, really? We had okay. a fringe show once years ago, mm-hmm. but that was it. So and it's been done everywhere, but Stephen really, from what I hear, really wanted it to be a specific team when okay. he gave his blessing, mm-hmm. and when he kind of saw all the people who had attached themselves, he said, "All right, yeah, yeah. this is exactly what I envisioned mm-hmm. for Toronto." So nice. Yeah, it just all came together in this beautiful way. Nice. Yeah. Is there something that you're most looking forward to about this presentation, like bringing it here? What do you want people to take from it? What are you most looking forward to 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 doing with it? I think it's we have an amazing team. Um, the set that uh, is being put together um, is very different from what we did back then. So I'm excited to play with that, see what comes from it. As I keep saying, Frey and I are six years older. I mm-hmm. think that'll bring a seriousness to the text that mm-hmm. I hope will be very will be evocative and it's the anniversary of the war and i think it's important we all remember this we're in a very strange political time Mm -hmm. in our country i think anything we can do to remember these things that have happened in the past and make sure we're not moving in that direction is good yeah um I'm just looking forward to all these people who have heard of it and never actually seen it. Yes. Seeing yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. people all say, oh, Mary's wedding. Oh, I know Mary's wedding. Oh, yeah, Mary's wedding. But not that many people in the city, I find, have actually seen it. Hmm. And it's really a beautiful story. I think it has something for everyone. Nice. Whether it's your grandparent was in a war and you've grown up hearing about it or a first love mm-hmm. or, you know, family or a love of, ho- like, there's a big horse theme, yeah. a love of horses. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I think people will enjoy it. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kate. It's oh, been awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks, Phil. This has been a Homebody Productions production.